All right, the Lord is good. All right, quickly, let's open our Bibles. We'll start by declaring the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to do two portions. All right, let's do Psalm 24. We'll first read Psalm 24 this morning, then we'll go to Colossians chapter 1. If you are there, say amen. Amen. Uh, let's read it from the bottom of our hearts. One, two, let's go. The earth is the Lord's, and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the rivers, whom he has sent into the hill of the Lord, and whom he stand in his holy place. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, and has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. What is his name? What is the name of the Lord of hosts? Jesus. <laughs> what is the name of the Lord of hosts? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Everybody say it. Jesus Christ. Everybody say it. Jesus Christ. What is his name? Jesus Christ. What is his name? Jesus Christ. All right, quickly, let's talk about this Jesus Christ again from the book of Colossians chapter 1. Quickly, we're going to start from verse 15 and then... We'll read to the end. This time around, we're talking about this Jesus. What is it about this Jesus? Are you there? All right, from verse 15. What is it about this Jesus? Let's go. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether as thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say, what are things on earth or things in heaven? Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Please go and memorize this portion of scriptures. I think you should. This is a description of who Jesus is. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for you have heard us. Thank you for you have prepared something special for us. Lord, we give you praise. As we go into your word this morning, from your throne we receive understanding. Amen. By your spirit we receive insight. Amen. Lord, our eyes are open because of your grace. Because of your mercy. Amen. Confusion is removed from our lives. Amen. Healing is brought to our souls. Amen. To our bodies. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Therefore we declare as follows. One to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. 
Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Great days are here for you. Amen. Today is a great day for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As you move around, safety is your portion. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember this morning, everybody pay attention. The power to heal the sick is coming through these words. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Right. Romans chapter 8 is where we'll start from this morning. We're looking at a new man and a new world. What we are saying is that God is creating a new creation. And he began that process in Christ Jesus. That's just what we are saying. That's the summary. We are trying to understand how spiritual things are, what our existence is about, how we came to this place we are in, in time, that is in the history of time, and what God is achieving through us. That's what we are trying to understand. And we are saying that anytime God wants to change things, it's people that he changes. Everything around is a reflection of the kind of people that exist, that there are. So if you see your environment, eventually it will adjust to the kind of person that you are. That's just the way it is. All these people are shouting, good roads. We need good roads. We need good roads. (laughs) Do good roads somewhere and park them there. I hope you're getting my point. After a few years, you know what you will see? Bad roads. All these people are shouting, we need constant power, constant power, constant power. Establish a community with constant electricity and pack them there. Come back in 10 years' time. What you will find is interrupted power supply. All those who are shouting, good government, good government, good government. Establish heaven on earth and put somebody as good as Jesus there as the government. And give the person them as his followers. That is as good as Jesus, not Jesus himself. All right? That he knows how to govern. Come back in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. That fellow will have resigned. Or they will have corrupted him. Say, Pastor, you said that somebody as good as Jesus. That's what I said. What if it was Jesus himself? He will have killed them. He will not resign. They can't corrupt him. But he will not tolerate them forever. After a while, he will wipe out that generation. Please, it's important we get it. Most people who shout, we need good government, they don't deserve good government. They are corruptors of government. When God prepared Moses and he gave Moses to Israel, Israel corrupted Moses. He said, did they? Yes. After leading them for some years, he lost his cool. The cool that God built in him for 40 years walking in the wilderness. The cool that God built in him, talking to him. He lost it. Go and listen to my message. The survi- that's the series, short series, within the Learning from Moses series. The survival and the death of Moses. I explained it in there. God had to kill Moses to prevent further corruption. They had gotten to him. They wore him out. They were stubborn and stiff-necked people. God told him such people deserve to die. Moses said, to kill them, you have to kill me first. God said, watch it. And after some time, you know what happened? They still all died. And Moses joined them. Because Moses identified with the stiff-necked people he had to go to. If you go and see it, God was teaching us a lesson. He was teaching us a lesson. If you go and see it, God made it clear. I am removing you now because you are now disobedient. It was the slightest disobedience you will say. But that was the mercy of God. 
that if I leave this man here, he will become very disobedient. I hope you're getting my point. He will become very disobedient. So let's get it clear. People corrupt leaders. They corrupt leaders. And I'm saying this as a charge to Nigerians. Now, my message is not to the average Nigerian on the street. It's to the Christians. But then, we, are, we hold the spirit of the nation, all right? So, he will tell you that <laughs> to the angel of the church in Ephesus, right? So, I'm saying to the church of Nigeria, right? Are you going to the angel of Nigeria is the church in Nigeria. That's so, I'm speaking to the church. The people in this nation, they corrupt things. They corrupt people. All this noise about good leadership, I laugh all the time. It's absolute nonsense. The people don't deserve good leaders. If you give them a good leader, they will corrupt him. So no, there's no leader in this country that I blame for anything. I don't bother. Even if he was good when he came into power, these people will make him mad. If he does good, they will criticize him. Something happened the other day, it so offended me. You know, the current uh, Prime Minister of uh, Great Britain, Liz Truss, resigned um, yesterday, or the day before yesterday. So she's leaving as soon as they elect um, a new one. Now, something happened. When we began to say, ah, of course, a few weeks after she took office, I saw her interview twice. I told, I, I, I told somebody she won't last till the end of November. I said it openly. Not in, I said, end of November, this woman won't be there. I just heard her interview twice. I said, this woman cannot last the end of November. Less than a week after I said it, or two weeks after I said it, she has resigned. Now, this is where I'm going. Somebody from UK now said, somebody from UK, you know what the person said? Say, it's a system that works. People are held accountable. I said, if it was in Nigeria, we'd remove the leader in six weeks. We won't hear the last of insults from them. But when it happened in heaven, in quotes, so you see, it's a system that works. Here, you are held accountable. I said nonsense. It's a sign of your faith in the system. So those same people, when they gather, they look at it, they sit in the nation like this, and they emit their vile spirit, their evil spirit against the leaders. And the leaders can't do anything. People say, you should fight corruption. I say, who is saying it? Corrupt people telling you to fight corruption. Do you know how corrupt they are? The other day they said that, um, of course, Tom Polo has been catching people who still, <laughs> who still crude. He said, he exposed them. I said, I don't, it's not necessary. He said, what do you mean it's not necessary? This is a problem with Africa. I said, it's not a problem with Africa. I said, it's not necessary. Now, please, I'm not here to talk politics. I just want you to understand what I'm saying. I said, do you know the number of people stealing it? I said, they will soon expose your pastor. This one is they expose them. Your pastor is inside. I said, leave all this noise you are making. <laughs> I'll just explain it. See, I said, the problem is not one or two people. He said, some of these are our leaders. I said, the person talk. I said, these uh, people who man checkpoints and all of that, are they leaders? I don't know the low-level people on the street who are saying, well, yeah, they're going to hide in one corner hoping you will take a wrong turn. They said, no turn in there. There's no bold sign. Nothing. They are hoping you will turn. And you're telling me about leaders. And they tell him they want that God said, I will punish you with evil leaders. Read your scriptures. He said, I will give the Egyptian into the hands of a cruel master. Say, wicked Lord will reign over them. What are you talking about here? 
Evil people are telling me they want good leaders from where? I keep on telling Nigerian Christians, where you want to pray? Stop this arrogant praying. I said, you deserve a good leader come 2023. You don't deserve Jack. What you deserve is a wicked man who behaves people for breakfast. But you have to pray to God. Don't deal with us according to the multitude of our iniquity. That's how you pray. You see the arrogance of the Christians pray. In the name of Jesus, this God, we won't take it anymore. We won't take it anymore. No. I said, you won't take what? You won't take the just recompense of reward for your disobedience? You don't, you know, a lot of prayer is arrogant. We begin to rebuke, we bind. I say, hey. Wicked people binding and rebuking. Some pastors make me laugh. You know, when they are praying, we bind, we decree. I'm looking at them. Start taking an offering. I don't know whether you bound or you decreed. Because until you can decree righteousness in your life, you can't bind anything outside. You Look, righteousness is what gives you the boldness and the authority to be decreeing things. Look, let me tell you the truth. When they say, have mercy on us, David taught us to pray. Better read it. It's not Old Testament. The wickedness in the air is bad. The Bible says those that turn away from evil make themselves a prey. That is when you know a land that is due for judgment. That is, people are doing right, they are doing wrong. That's one level. Then when those who are doing wrong will not even permit those who, are, who want to do right to do it, another level. Then when they start hurting those who do right, and then God says you are close to judgment. And in this nation, of course, you know it has happened. They pay, like, remember, remember, I'm speaking to the angel of the nation. And who's the angel of the nation? It's the church. The painful part is when the church starts doing these things. Pastors will persecute those who preach the truth because preaching of the truth does not allow money to come in. Then you are asking for the nation to be destroyed. Not only you, not only your church, but the whole nation. Because if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Sometimes when I hear some of the troubles in the environment, just reminds me of the days of Israel before Asa. No peace to him that went out or the one that came in. With great vexation, God did vex them roundabout. It's painful. What is painful is that people don't realize the cost. They think the cost is one man, a head of state. Many people will not like this, but it's the truth. And if you disagree with me, better stop disagreeing with me before God injures you on what I want about to say. I'm not joking. So, you see, when somebody is preaching, be careful. Let me just go back there. When somebody is preaching, be careful. If you don't like this thing I'm saying, just stop listening to me. Because don't be listening to me and incurring judgment for yourself. Because that's what you are doing. Just that, let me see what he say, Pharisee. Looking for how to catch Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nonsense. Let me tell you what I'm about to say. I'm speaking like a prophet. See, the head of state we have currently was God's mercy. Was the mess. God said, let me show these people mercy. Some of them have been praying. They have been repenting. Let me show them mercy. Then he gave us the current head of state. Then the Pharisees gathered. Now, don't ever forget something about Pharisees and Sadducees. They always are self-righteous. Most people in this nation, self-righteous people. They always believe that they can do it better. I just want the critical mass. There's a critical number God requires. Because he knows that there are too many fools in the world. I'm sorry to say it like that. He can't require them all to believe. But there's a certain number he must have within his body. What am I trying to preach? 
that let those people arise. Start thinking right thoughts, believing right things. That's one, all right? And let them start offering the right prayers. And then they start three things. Thinking and believing the right things, offering the right prayers, and living the right way. And including, as part of living the right way, of, uh, no, saying the right things when they are talking. Tell people the truth. We can't get it right unless God shows us mercy. He has to show us his mercy. He has to show us his favor. I went into all of this trying to emphasize something to us again. God doesn't go out changing things. He doesn't go out changing things. He goes out changing people. That's what I'm going to emphasize again. Should we? I'm an African, right? And I'm a black African. There are some people that call themselves African. You wonder, where did you come from? But you know I'm a black African. You know the good thing about that? I can tell the truth to black Africans. Like I was in a, in a car a few days ago. Well, for the last few days, I've been moving up and down with the people a bit. Three Ghanaians. So we're going out in the morning. There are three Ghanaians. I'm a Nigerian. They're in my car. I'm driving. We're gisting. At the point in time, I said, let's be honest, guys. We behave like monkeys. Of course, the way you're laughing, they all laughed. But they're all Ghanaians. Three of us, three of them with me. I said, Africans, we behave like monkeys. See all the problems we have here? They have it over there, too. The same behavior. The same behavior. One of them said, look, typical Ghanaian, give him a job. He's not checking how much you're going to pay. He doesn't care, really, because he's coming there to steal. So whatever you give him, is not... Yeah, he said, as soon as he enters, he's, he's already scheming. So if he tells him, I'll give you 2,000 a month, it doesn't matter. One day, one big, one big Ghanaian bishop talked to one very rich Ghanaian man. Say, why don't you guys set up factories and industries so that Ghanaians will have work? Said the man burst into laughter. No, are you getting my point? Assume I'm a big bishop now, all right? All right? I'm a small one, but assume I'm a big bishop. <laughs> that was the rich man here. Hey, I'm now going to meet this reverend gentleman, Reverend Jukes. He's a very rich man. So assume he's a, yeah, you know, industrialist, you have a few millions. A few scores of millions of dollars. Not too many, just about $200 million, you know. So I come and meet you say, oh boy. Now set up factory for this Enuguna so that guys can't see work. Then you fall down with laughter. <laughs> you know, my friend is like, what's wrong with you? Why are you laughing? Come on, I'm talking to you. He said, Bishop, don't be angry. <laughs> he said, for who? Set up factory for who? He said, the man began to tell him. That set up factory for who? You don't know the people you're talking about. He said, set up the factory first. He said, the first assignment they have when they come in is to kill it. He said, your managers will steal from you, your gate man will steal from you, and everybody in between. They don't care. Let the place die. The man told him, and I know it to be, happen, to be truth in Nigeria also, yes. what, I'm about, what he said he did. The man told him, look, he has some industries. He said that it's cheaper for him, and that's what he did, to go to India, hire a manager, a foreigner, bring him to Ghana. Nigerians also do it. They do it. That they pay the people expatriate rate. They're a foreigner, so they are going to pay him in U.S. dollars. It's very expensive for them. They spend money on all the, all the paperwork, get all the permits. He said it's expensive. He said, but you know what? It's far cheaper for the business. Uh, the man said, I have competent Ghanaians there, but no integrity. So I spent three times the amount of money I would have spent on my fellow Ghanaian to hire one Indian. And Nigerians also do it. I said, look, and you know, people say it's poverty. It's not poverty, it's greed. 
Have you not come to the airport? The way those people, they are well paid, the way they beg shamelessly. It's a terrible culture. You see, it's not poverty, it's greed. One of the things that John taught people is be content with your wages. He said, be content. Those people were not highly paid. John said, at least you are any more than me. You know, John was in the world and he said, you can buy better clothes than I'm wearing. You can eat more nutritious food than I'm eating. Locust and white honey, that's all I'm eating. Look at what I'm wearing, good skin. The little you have, he said, be content with your wages. Learn to manage yourself. Anybody tells you that we deserve anything? Now, any about Africans. Africans get a problem. And I'm going to tell you a number of manifestations of African problems. I've told you one, greed. Another one, laziness. They don't understand the meaning of hard work. Now, please, please, before you start telling, pointing out to me one or two people that can work hard, I know they exist, just like the white man who has lazy people. He also has beggars. We are talking about the typical person's mindset. The average thing you encounter, that's what we are talking about. So please don't come and give me arguments of boys who are hustling day and night in Lagos. I know they are there. That's why they are in Lagos. They are not in Lagos. Don't hustle in Lagos. Just don't hustle. Stay there. They will run over you. The, hu- <laughs> the hustling ones will crush you. So I know, please, I know there are people, I mean, am I, do, do I look lazy to you? I hope you're getting my point. So I'm not trying to put anybody, but let's talk to ourselves. We have some cultures that are very funny, and you'll be amazed. We're not hardworking people. People don't realize it. We're not. And how do you know? Ask those people that have jackpad. You know what they put jackpad? Those who have gone abroad. Ask them, bros, how you be? They will know that they are earning 10 times what they used to earn in Nigeria, but they are also working 10 times. The other day, you read in the news about some Nigerians, the Nigerian doctors in the UK, complaining. I said, what do you think? That part of their complaint is because they are coming from Nigeria. Part of their complaint, I'm telling you, is because they are coming from Nigeria. It's, that's part of the complaint. When they saw work, I said, ah, no more you, they find. There was a time I went for one conference, well, a workshop, a training. This was years ago, quite a number of years ago. If I finally followed up, I went for a, for a training, stayed a few weeks in one big American um, um, hospital that time. So, they, I mean, they came with different specialists. This was in Ibadan. We were there for a number of days, so we had a lot of training. So, among them are gynecologists. And the head of the whole team is a woman, a gynecologist. So, one of the things they would do is do some surgeries, all right? <laughs> they confess, that is, the gynecologists in Ibadan, they confessed, and were just that, my God, that all the woman required was coffee. She didn't used to take a break. Those guys, in their own way, they typically do maybe three cases in a day, all right? This woman did ten nonstop. No, they're on that. They maybe like do two or three, and then you're like, yeah, it's a good day. They're removing their gloves. They lined up patients for this woman. They said all she needed in between was coffee. A woman, training men. <laughs> so the guy talked to one of my colleagues, a specialist there. He said, that we don't understand these people. That the way they work, the way they work, Said all this woman in there was coffee. And they were looking at her like, Are we not going to close surgery for today? <laughs> she's not understand where are you people going? That is, she's not even thinking you are telling her to close. They, they couldn't tell her, say, ah, ah, mama, you want to keep person? No. When your guest, white woman, came from the United States working, you, but they were looking at her like, what are you made of? 
there's a, what do you call this thing? Some of these things they do on TV, like reality stuff, all right? No, no, I won't call it show, but it's a reality program that I saw. It's called Undercover Boss. Hey, this will just show, of course, what's Undercover Boss? I own a company. It's a big company. Because it's a big company, most of my staff don't know me really, all right? So these guys, despite that, all right, they see this guy's a man a bit. Maybe he normally wears glasses. He'll remove the glasses, get contacts for that period, or he normally doesn't wear glasses. Just give him something then. So they, they will disguise the man a bit, all right? So you're now going to his own company, sometimes to take a job. And then one of the managers, you work under a manager for a few days. They're just introducing that, oh, he's doing a study. Maybe he's a journalist. He just wants to see how we work here. Or his work is coming from university. He's supposed to take a one week. You know, they just introduce him to one of the managers, supervisors usually. Then the guy starts working. So that's why I watch these guys work. Because it's real, it's real factories. There was one particular guy who owns a garment, you know, business. They sell clothes. When I saw this woman packing clothes, I was afraid. She will finish packing maybe like, they're supposed to pack, let's say, T-shirts. Maybe four of them in a carton. You see somebody packing like six of those cartons in a minute. Yeah. You're wondering, ah, is it a minute? Yes. The hands work as if it's made of machine. One of them, they sacked the boss on the first day. That is the boss, undercover boss, came in. After they trained him for some time, the supervisor came in and said, how is he doing? That person scratched it. He said, sorry, we have to let you go. Fired the boss day one. So you can't work here. <laughs> and they did not know. They didn't know it was the boss. They sacked him. When they were pitying him, said, look, shape up by tomorrow, otherwise you are gone. By the time the each time the bosses will leave that place, eh, they go back to go and repent. Like, my God, this is how it is to work for me. And they, of course, they will see how people are managing. In fact, there's one, just one woman that was working, working in one of their factories. You know, just gisting. The woman didn't know who she was talking to. In the course of this, saw the number of personal problems she had, and she's still working this hard. I need to walk, you know, because I have medical bills. It was time I fell some time ago when I, well, I was used to walk before, so my back still aches, you know. So I have medical bills outstanding. The guy is looking like, and you're still here walking? The money I pay this woman in a whole year, my children use it for holiday. Ah. If I, that part, I think it's that particular one. She, he came with his son. So they were moving around. The boy became born again. Are you getting my point? After that, the guy didn't know life was like that. Because they had boats, he didn't have to walk. He followed his father around, seeing where people walked for his father. The boy couldn't hold back the tears. Like, what? People live like this? You are owing medical bill. Why? Why didn't you pay? <laughs> you look at the point. The boy did not know it's possible to be sick and not have both insurance and personal funds to take care of everything. He was like 17. He had never seen people who did not have. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that when I saw those people walk, <laughs> some of my people, eh? a lot of us don't know how to walk. Those who have muscle to walk, eh? they work such low jobs, like they dig money till night, which is not really, it's not really productive. I don't know what I get my point. What is that? Digging, digging, digging to lay cable. 
20 people will dig in one week. What one machine digs in one day? A lot of us, I'm being honest, we still think that government owes us education. I don't know what gives us that idea. Americans don't think like that. Basic education is all they know the government owes everybody. It's part of their law. Beyond that, you're on your own. If you can get a scholarship, we thank God. If your father has rich, thank God. If not, take a student loan and go to school. Otherwise, don't bother going. Somebody shared something a few days ago. I read it. One guy said, I borrowed $20,000 student loan in 2006. So I have paid $30,000 and I'm still owing 30000 Said I've applied for loan forgiveness. Said because I'm not paying anymore. <laughs> the guy said, I'm tired of paying. Said I took student loan in, 20, in 2006 of $20,000. He said, now I've paid $30,000 and I'm owing thirty. Somebody said, no, that the system is designed so that you can't dig out. Yeah, that was somebody's reaction. An American, too. He said, dig out. You can't dig out. So the guy said, I'm frustrated. I'm not paying anymore. And one of my guys from the UK said, you will never be able to get a car loan. You'll never be able to get a housing loan. You'll never be able to get a personal loan again. That's how the system is. He said, your credit rating will plummet. So you're not getting anything if you don't pay that money. Okay, yes. I just saw this thing. He said, I've paid almost 30000 on the 20000 student loan, which I took in 2006. He said, my balance is $24,000. I have never missed a payment. <laughs> Another guy said, my mother got a bachelor's degree. In... Yeah, the same person, actually. The same person. He said, my mother got a bachelor's degree in 1976. It cost $6,000. I got a bachelor's degree from the same school in 2006. It cost $150,000. Today, it costs $200,000. I've paid $28,000. I think around that time he said this. Said this. That time he had paid $28,000. Then he first sent his first tweet. He said, my generation will never dig out. Federal government gives us education free. Most states try also. At least I can stand, I know the federal government on. They give it free. People don't know it's free. It's really free. And you see students, I went to teach at, at a point in time, uh, that was some years ago, at NYC, one NYC meeting. And I said some of these things. One boy, obviously a Marxist. Are you getting my point? You can see that. Yeah, you know them. Once they start speaking. Think, Marxists think that government is God. And we are God. That's how Marxists are. They think government is God, and we are God. Government should be able to do it, and we can do it. When he finished asking me, that what do I mean? Like at the end, he was, he was asking me, he asked a question on the floor. Then he followed me. I was like, you know, these agitated young men who don't know life. Yeah, they don't know life. One way or the other, your mother, your father, they've managed to provide for you. So you think provision is free? I asked him simply, I said, do you know the cost of education? So looking at me, I said, do you know the cost? I'm not talking about how much you paid. I'm talking about the cost. What you paid is not necessarily the cost. Your salvation 
has a price. But what you paid is not that full price. But you have to pay something. You have to give God your useless life. It's not your life, not worth anything. But he took it. Iniquity has useless it. But he said, give me, give me like that. Give me like that. So you think you paid something. If you know what he gave you in return. It's like I want to give you the latest model S class. And I'll take you on 1972 Corolla in payment. <laughs> you don't know if you give me money for that Corolla. That, that I took it from you. One day my wife's uncle <laughs> went in his house in... No, he came to Nigeria. He lives in the U.S. He came to Nigeria. He just did. He said he had the car. He wanted to sell it. Nobody agreed to buy. He tried to sell it for a long time. Nobody bought it. So he said, okay. He told, he told me the model of the car. He said, so he said, finally, let him just dash somebody. He said, nobody agreed to take it. <laughs> he said, finally, he was tired. He, he, I think he had another car. He just wanted to get rid of it. He said, finally, he took it somewhere. He told him to pay to drop it. So he had to pay $50 to drop it for some people to, who would junk it. He gave them $50. That's how our lives, that's how your life, that is, the life is not working. So meanwhile, God now gave you something in exchange. A lot of people don't know. The, before I forget, the real cost, ask the young man, do you know the cost? He didn't know. I gave him a small estimate of what it takes to pay his lecturers and all of that thing. Then I did the calculation for my students then in the State University. I said, listen, I can't remember exactly what I came to. I said, you are supposed to be paying your, your school 200,000 naira a month. Is it 100 or 200? I can't remember now. Okay. A month. So, so I to pay your le- No, I was 100. There's a reason why. I said, for your lecturer's salary alone. It does not include your accommodation. does not include the cost of your paying your librarian or the, your cleaners, all the non-academic staff, that, your, the engineers that maintain the facilities, all right, that keep power running. does not include, I said, just to pay your lecturers. You're supposed to pay 100,000 naira every month. So when you add all the other costs, let's just make it 200. Yet, how much are they paying a year? 150. One fifty. Some people just sit down and say, "You know, government. Yeah, government is this." I said, "I said, you know, when the ignorant people are talking, you know, America made the founding father said education is compulsory because ignorant people are not governable." That's what they said. He said, "Unenlightened people cannot be governed." He said, "In defense of democracy, everybody must learn to read and write." So they are campaigning now. Some people say that all this flooding will drain the flood. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, some people will vote for them. Some people will vote for them. They don't know what they call flood. I did not even know what the, I didn't know how bad this flood was yesterday until Apostle here was t- telling us here how his father is stranded in his own household, in his own village, in his own hometown. He can't come out. His house is now submerged. He has left the place. His son has money to get him out. There's no road to get him out. The only people that can get him out now is Nigerian Navy. You see, people never see trouble. Mm. No, it's just we just sit, we just sit down and talk. Some people come and campaign. And all this flood, you just vote for me. I drain all of it. <laughs> you know, some people vote for them. You don't know. The, you don't know what you are talking about. Some people have been abusing government. That this flood is because you did not build a dam. Look, while I did that's not within any human control. People are talking. And I told the young man, I said, listen, my friend, better be thanking God that you got education. Look at the way he's talking as if obviously he was not grateful. <laughs> 
You know, he wasn't grateful. He wasn't grateful. He felt it was his right. Government is supposed to do it. One day, one woman in my office was speaking. She said that fuel price was about to go up. Uh, you, know, you know, as at now, fuel in Nigeria is one of the cheapest in the world. Yes. I hope you are aware of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my, my Ghanaian friends. I told him how much Nigeria, Naira depreciated against the dollar in the last one year. Ah, you know what he said? Oh, that's very good. Because Ghanaian city lost half of its value in the same period. And we were rated in the world's worst, worst performing currency or something. Can I, yeah. And right above them is Turkish lira. Oh, Turkey. That one is just, if, just, just as bad, if not worse. British pound keeps those dive, just keep going down every day. The moment one prime minister resigned, it went off frack small. Then next day, the said, no, no, it doesn't make any difference. It went down again. Wildlife everywhere. Yet some people will sit down, and the only thing they have is to be blaming the federal government in Nigeria. Please, why am I talking like this? I just want Christians to stop this nonsense. Just stop. Just wake up in the morning and give thanks. So when people abuse the military, abuse the military all the time. I say, it's not your fault. It's because they have not let headsmen override everywhere and bandits get down to the streets of Enugu. Maybe they should all go on strike for one month and you will know what they are fighting. <laughs> you are dealing with people determined to crush you. There was something that uh, Erufai said, Governor Kaduna. Vanguard reported in a very, very annoying way. Headline. That he, that he, as if he disagreed with Akiri Dolu, the governor of Ondo State. No, he wasn't disagreeing. He was just telling Akiri Dolu, he was just commenting. Akiri Dolu wants Amotekun to be armed with assault weapons, AK 47 and co. He just made the statement, which is why I'm talking about it. He said that will not solve the problem. He said you are fighting people who are able to fight the military. You think you're, you're AK 47 because you have AK 47, and <laughs> I'm not saying I agree with him because I disagree with him, all right? But that's not the issue, okay? But it was just to emphasize that, see, that the, what we need is the military to increase their capacity, increase their efforts, and for him now, they are bear, is bearing fruit. In the last few, in the last two, three months, he's seen a lot of fruit, you understand? Uh-huh. Okay? He was just saying that that's where we should focus on, that this one of getting AK-47 for your area boys is not the, uh-huh, not the solution. No. That's what we were just trying to say. The reason he was fighting him. But what I want to emphasize is that the guy has seen... Uh-huh, what they are dealing with. And these guys, they are not, if you left to them, once they finish, you keep coming down. Keep coming down. And that's what, they don't, they don't even know what they are looking for themselves. That's a destructive army. So there's a pot boiling over, facing us from the north. That's what we are seeing. That's what God told Jeremiah. Yeah, people, instead of them praying and giving thanks for what they have already, what they do is whine and complain every day. I went to all of this and they explained something. No government changes things for people. They don't have the capacity. They don't. The things they're having to deal with. <laughs> oh, God. So what should Christians do? That's why I remember I'm trying to emphasize the fact that God changes us. He changes us so he can change our environment. Now, as I'm talking about black people, the way we misbehave. You remember? I went to do that. We build... White people went built South Africa. I, some things, if I say it, people won't like me again. Let me not say too much. 
I won't say too much because there's a limit to what you want to, you know, cause wahala now. To be as if I'm defending a bad thing. In the midst of apartheid, those guys built a first world nation. They did. A developed country, they built it. The only country in Africa that was able to host a World Cup. Yes, they built it. They handed over to my brothers. Within a few years, you don't know that power supply is, it has interrupted power supply is a spirit. The spirit moved over there. And yes, light. It's a little bit darkness. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I will not see one country that has been making. I'm telling you. And they want Pablo Mbeki. Do you know, as at now, till today, South Africa still has rolling blackouts. You know the corroding blackout? This area will have power, this area will not have. So they'll be shifting. Load shedding. Some that they never, all the years those guys were running the place, they didn't experience it. Why? They used to plan ahead. You know, we'd be funny. It's, it's a black problem. Enugu is expanding in this area. We wait for it to expand first. Then people will drive bad road for like 10 years. Then one man will now do a campaign. They will now vote for him, hoping that he will now do the road. You know the way civilized people behave? Before you start building there, they first send roads down that road. They put cable, power lines, everything. Not one house is there yet. The last time, I think it was the last time I went to, well, not the last time, the time before. Anyway, once my friend and I were driving on the street. Because first time I came, many years before, to that area, you know, I, I didn't see that road. That's in, in Texas. So we're driving around. I said, ah. So I was looking like, oh, boy, this road is new. Oh, he said, yes, 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 yes. That is new. He just explained the principle that they saw that the city was developing in this direction. You see the massive roads that they built. To anticipate the development. I said, okay, because I, I did, the road looked kind of you know, strange and new. He said, oh, yes, that's new. That's all. So just describe for me. So every time he passes the road, though, I could just something go blink. Two dollars don't go. Of course, he has sensors everywhere. So he has something on the car. As we're driving, pam, pam. so go, come. <laughs> we'll drop like ten dollars to go, ten dollars to come back. The distance you drive, now you go pay. It's not free. The only place where there's free good road is in heaven. <laughs> on this earth, every. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it now explained to me how they behave there. That no, once you see that this is the direction the city is likely to go, that they go ahead of you, they build the roads, they stretch the whole thing. So by the time you are parking to those areas, there are already plenty of roads. And let me tell you something about prosperity. All the prosperity God needs to give us is in the sun. He has given it. Two places, the sun and the earth is there. As long as the sun is shining regularly, all right, and this earth remains. God has established a seed time and harvest will not cease. So if you don't see prosperity, something's wrong. So prosperity really is tied to the people's ability to produce with God's blessing. That is, they have to get up and work. That is, you don't need to, anybody to import money. If you shut all the doors in this country and say, everybody, get to work, we will develop. Because every time you work, you are producing. Once your work is, even if it's that digging I'm talking, taking, uh, talking about, all right? That, and all we need to do is just print paper and call it money, which is what America does every day. But it doesn't matter because people are producing. Let me not, let me not stop, uh, start talking economics now. Once people just get up and be producing, but you know, we we'll just sit down there, they look, the government has not done this road. That road I told you, my friend said they did, they are paying for it every day. Sometimes pension funds that will invest the money. Where he parks his car at the airport, it's pension people that pay. He finds it cheaper when he's traveling, parks his car there for a week under the cover. That's a very nice BMW. So parks under the covered area. At the end of the week, when he comes back, it's cheaper for him than taking Uber all the way from his house.
to the airport and back. He pays. So when he comes, he just pays them. When they charge maybe like $5 or so a day. Or eight, $7, something like that. So at the end of the week, it says far cheaper for me than taking a taxi there and back. Just drop it car at the airport. Now what I'm talking about is that that one is paid for by, it was built by a pension fund. So they know that this money you are paying every day, it will be coming every day. So you get there, you see free parking. You think, it's not free. Somebody paid. But you tell people here to pay now. Why should there be toll gate on this road? You don't hear that nonsense? They, 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 they say, no. They should, that, uh, there's one bridge in Lagos. That lucky uh, uh, something. Uh, that link. That, no, why should there be toll on it? They are just harassing poor people. If I was the one that built it, I'd blow it up. Poor people go and pass the long road. <laughs> yes, no? And it, I'll just use Tylo. Just one day. Just remove one pillar. Then the thing we slant, they lock it. Then when everybody has suffered for one more year, you the so-called poor people will beg to have it reopened. Because that bridge, at least I witnessed one day I went to preach somewhere. So one guy took me to the that was my first time passing through the bridge. He told me that he's saving him if there's normal traffic, he saves you two hours. By passing through there, with the alternative, it's more than two hours saved. And the toll is kind of relatively heavy. Maybe he, for his car, it has to be like 500 naira. All right? Yeah, I think 507. He said, but that, yes, SUV. He said, but the fuel he will have spent has been cut down by like 90 something percent. But you know, social media commentators, they must abuse somebody. That's how black people behave. You know why I'm monkeyfying everything? I'm a senior monkey. We are all, yes, yeah, true now. All of us are there. If a white man says it to us, we won't like it. They built South Africa in the midst of apartheid. Okay, this is what I want to say that people don't like, and I will say it. They needed the apartheid to be able to build anything. They needed it. See, I know you went to an extreme. I know the wickedness was there. But they needed space. You come to a city, and people are jumping on trees up and down. They can't think straight, and you want to join them into the panel. I know some people don't like me because you are, you are a black nationalist. I'm not. I'm a reality. I tell the truth. Behaves as if our brain is stained with can't think without getting confused. In him was life. The life was the light of men. That's why I preach Christ. Without Christ, this continent would not exist. You see those Arabs that took the northern part, they would have kept on crawling down. Then the Wimboman took the southern part. South Africa, they would have met in the middle, then pushed all the black people into the Atlantic and into the Indian Ocean. I'm telling you the truth. The few they will have remaining will be their slaves. Hewers of wood and fetchers of water. Telling you the truth. We're not for Christ Jesus. We're not for Jesus Christ. That's why I preach Christ. I'm not joking about it. We're not for Christ Jesus. What I've told you is what will have happened. From the north, the Arabs will have taken everything. You think they wanted to stop in Libya and, and, and in Egypt? They will have kept on coming down. They will cross the Sahara. Then the Yubo will come from West Africa and Southern Africa. They, finally, the two of them will fight in the middle and then decide to stop fighting and share the black people. Anyone that's revolts, toss him into the Atlantic and into the Indian Ocean. And it's not new. It's happened before. Better be, th- better be thanking God for Jesus Christ. Too. Say, Jesus, I worship you. I am not in the Atlantic. Neither am I in the Indian Ocean. <laughs> the Lord is good. But honestly, I'm not kidding. That's why I love Christ Jesus. It's the reason why it will never happen. Somebody say amen. amen. 
But we have to get rid of the mentality that's tied to the curse. Because God can deliver you from a curse, but you don't deliver yourself from the mentality. Which also happened to Israel. God delivered them from slavery in Egypt, but he did not remove the slavery mentality from them. So they died in the wilderness. The Lord is good. Just watching my time to be sure that all this talk, he just to emphasize something again. It is individuals, us, that God will change first. And until we are changed, in fact, let's just focus on the change. I was going to say until we are changed, we should not expect any outward manifestation. But what I want to say rather now is that let's just focus on the internal change and the outward manifestation will come automatically. He said, wash the inside of the cup and the outside will be clean also. All right. The Lord is good. Let's quickly continue then. Romans chapter 8. I said we should open there. So I'm looking at the new man and new, new world. Now I'm going to read a long portion. I may jump here and there to save time. He said, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. How did he do it? Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Please let me take a small uh, break here and quickly emphasize something here. The law was going to achieve, was trying to achieve something. That's what I want to teach today. The law was trying to achieve something, and that something was to purify the people and make them able to um, receive the blessing of God. Let me put it like that in summary. But it did not succeed in doing that. So it said that that will not be fulfilled in us as we continue to walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Now, what I'm going to say here is this. This is the demand of God for the church. This is the demand of God for his people. We have to forsake walking according to the flesh and focus on walking according to the spirit. Please, this is a summary of the tree of good and evil and the tree of life. Remember we said, was it on Tuesday? All right. What would have happened is that if Adam had continued to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, and if he had continued to focus on the Lord that will visit him in the cool of the day, what he would have seen is that he would have been transformed until he will be an exact replica of that God that comes to see him, that Lord. And then God will have told him, now take of the tree of life. And he will have eaten of that tree of life and lived forever. Yeah, that's what God said. Anybody that eats of that tree of life will live forever. Why he did not allow him to eat of it at that time was because if he ate of it, he would have lived forever in his fallen state. So it was crucial that he was made to go back to dust. All right? So that God could bring forth a new man. That new man, again, will live forever. And then one day he will have a resurrection body, which was what God wanted Adam to have. I took time to explain that. Don't worry about overpopulation. Don't worry about it. This earth, number one, is not even fully populated. It's iniquity that's confusing us. It's true. It's, true. it's iniquity. If you do small calculation, we never even reach. We have not reached a quarter of the capacity of this earth. But iniquity will not agree. Iniquity, all right? And even if we fill the earth, we can easily make another one. And we said that if the whole of the galaxy, our Milky Way galaxy, was condensed to the size of the Pacific Ocean. That's the biggest of the oceans we have. There's Pacific, there's Atlantic, there's Indian Ocean, those big ones. 
the size of the Pacific Ocean, which is huge, if you condense the whole of our Milky Way galaxy to that size, on, the same scale, on that scale, the whole solar system we are in right now, we appear on that ocean as a grain of rice. That is our sun and everything around it. It's just as big as a grain of rice on the Pacific Ocean compared to our galaxy alone. And there are over 200 billion galaxies in the observable universe. Don't even think about it before your brain busts. I'm staying in our chair. <laughs> the Lord is good. That is, 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 is. So, the space is not an issue with God. That's what, that's what I'm going to emphasize. It's space is not an issue with Him. Everybody who came to this earth will easily have lived forever and there will be no problem with space. So, He wanted Adam to develop to that point where Adam could be able to eat of the tree of life, where this body would never decay. If anything, it will be translated into a form that does not even need blood to flow through it to survive. All right? So, that demand is on us, believers, to walk according to the Spirit. And not walk according to the flesh. Independence from God is what the flesh is. Walking according to the spirit does not mean you are hearing frustration inside you when you are walking. It means that your focus is on Christ and you are walking by his word. That's what it means. That's what it means to walk according to the spirit. Now let's continue reading. He said, for those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. It's important for you to understand that. Because if you set your mind on the things of the flesh, you, are walking, you will walk according to it. If you keep, if what's more important to you is the house on this earth, money and stuff like that, sin will not be lacking in your life. You can't help it. He now said, but those who are according to the spirit, that is those who walk according to the spirit, it is because they are, they are setting their minds on what? The things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh produces death. But the mind that this literally says is death, but what the Greek, the implication is that it produces and leads to death. But the mind that is set on the spirit produces life and peace. Why? Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. Remember, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is hostility towards God, you know, you know in, in, a, in a physical form. He said, for it does not subject itself to the law of God. So when a man eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit thereof, it is say, he's saying, I do not want to subject myself to the law of God. He said, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not like that. He said, but you are in the spirit. If indeed, and as a matter of fact, that if is a condition in Greek, which means, and it is so. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have that spirit of Christ, same thing is called the spirit of God there. He does not belong to him. Now if Christ is in you, that spirit, though the body is subject to death. Sorry, as I'm reading, I'm, I'm explaining as I'm going on. All right, so you may notice that. So even though the body is subject to death because of sin, yet the spirit will give it life because of righteousness. And if the spirit... If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. Listen, this scripture is enough for you to claim total health for your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Yes, it is. Because the spirit of Christ, listen, one thing Christians must understand is that God does not always work these instant miracles. That's why we have a message that is titled, Life is Working. Go and look for it. Life is Working. All right, sin makes us subject to death. It's what you are subject to. It's not like, look, Adam did not die physically one day after he sinned. 
but it became subject to death. And it began to manifest in three different areas. We talked about it last time. Okay, you see it. He manifested in his family. His son killed the other one. You understand? And then sickness came in along the line. And eventually people began to literally physically die. The reverse is the process. When life comes in, again, what we are subject to, in fact, preach on that message which I tie to the sentence of life. Do you get my point? That is, you have been sent, you know, people can be sentenced to death. And some people can also be sentenced to life. And in Christ Jesus, we have the sentence of life. Are you getting my point? So you have that process now begins. You see, that's what we're doing on Tuesday now. Bringing up the issue, focusing on Christ, and I'm saying it is a key to total health. The problem is that people just want miracles. They want miracles. They just, like like somebody was, if we just change this whole thing now to prayer, we just pray, 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 everybody will gather. They want miracles. They don't understand that it's a process. It's life being infused into us regularly. Like I say all the time, get up in the morning, go to church. (laughs) Now, please let me clarify I wasn't meaning go to a particular denomination. But I asked the last time that, what do you mean that this go to church thing? Please, let me just emphasize. Right here now, you are in church. I hope you're getting my point. If you and your friends gather down the street, under one mango tree, just ten of you, your neighbors, men, women, some children, and you sing two hymns, and read a prayer from a prayer book, and you believe the prayer, and somebody reads a scripture, and preaches for 15 minutes. It is church. Your time, So, please. But it must be regular. That's what I mean. It must be something you do deliberately. Yesterday in my house, they had church. The number of people gathered. And they discussed the word of God. And prayer was said. And the word of prophecy was given. That is church. You cannot go to such places regularly. And life will not be entering you. God still does genetic engineering. You know. He can rearrange genes. Is it the problem that people just want somebody to lay hands on them? Pam, get it. Sometimes he works. But even that one, eh? there are two types of it. There's one that just is sign. Philip went to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And they gave attention seeing the miracles that he did. That's one. But there's another one in which it happened in the life of Christians only as a fullness of preparation. Which was what Jesus was when John the Baptist was the preparation. I hope you're getting my point. <laughs> so don't ever forget it. It's not always an instantaneous thing. There's always a process. You, look, go and read it. Paul was teaching in Ephesus for is it two or three years before handkerchiefs taken from his body began to heal people. He has filled the environment with the knowledge of God. He has filled the environment with truth. He has filled the environment. I hope you're getting my point. So let's bear it in mind. He has filled the environment. So that's why I can say, please, people, go to church. That's what I mean by go to church. Don't just sit in your house and read the Bible is good. Though. Praying with your family is good. That's a, that's a form of church. But go beyond that. Where brethren gather. Go. And I keep on saying, unless you don't have a choice, don't do stream, this streaming thing. Because sometimes it's a sign of laziness and lack of, you're not taking this thing seriously. Yes. Sometimes that's what it is. The amount of power that's released to you in the word of God is tied to how seriously you take it. If you cannot visit your friends on, on, on Facebook alone, or what do you call it? Whatever, on Zoom. You can actually go and gather somewhere and sit down and eat. Why is there a church you want to do on stream? Streaming has advantages. Many people are joining us this morning now. They're not anywhere near Enugu. So that's an advantage. I joined meetings. There's one, one, one brother the other day, just, he's online now. I quickly joined. 
In the course of his discussion, somebody I'd like to listen to, I found out that he was teaching from Israel. So it's beautiful. He was teaching on Zoom. As a brother, John once knew, he teaching from South Africa. And one day, he, in the meeting, his wife gave a word of prophecy, which till now I refer, I refer to when I'm preaching. So it's good. But God wouldn't give him that same release if that same brother was teaching down Ogui Road and I can't go there. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's very important we understand it. So that's what I'm telling everybody. Gather with brethren. Read my book, Walk by Faith. And great faith can be yours. And then the one that will soon be released, how to receive the spirit. You see that physical ambience is important. So there's a process. God is constantly releasing his power in us. And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will walk in us and give life to our mortal body. It will eradicate genes that are bad and insert the good ones in its place. It will permanently silence things that are not good in our genes. That's what it does. That's what the Spirit of God does. He said, if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. Let me back up to verse um, 11. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who indwells you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, so as to live according to the flesh, For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Please notice it. That is the assignment you have as a Christian. Oh God. I need to take another break here. What did he say here? If by the Spirit hmm, you are doing what? Answer me now. Have you gotten there now? All right, now, what did he say? If by the Spirit you are doing what? Putting to death the deeds of the body. Now listen to this. Why am I saying this? Some people keep on telling that the deeds of the body don't matter. Because grace covers it. It's a lie. What did I say? Now you know people preach it and it's so false. They make it look to us as if the deeds of the flesh. And it's a whole doctrine. They call it grace. But those who don't like it call it hyper grace. And you know what I call it? Nonsense grace. Alright? It's not real grace. That's not grace. Grace is the ability to put to death the deeds of the body. Grace is not anything goes because Jesus has paid. No. Grace is because Jesus has paid, you are no longer in bondage to sin. So now get on the action of putting to death the deeds of the body. Because if you always try to show up, then you tell it you're dead here. I hope you're getting my point. That is what grace does. Grace puts to death for us the deeds of the flesh, the deeds of the body. When he wants to lay more emphasis on not satisfying the flesh. Which, can you see the world going mad now? I told you the other day, one international airline now said any of their crew members can dress the way the flesh says. I'm using the body, the, the, the word of the scriptures now. Any of their crew now can dress the way the flesh says. So if I wake up in the morning, <laughs> I am feeling so girlish this morning. I say, oh, I think I must be a woman in a man's skin. My wife would look like, man, that's a revelation because this guy I've known for 20 something years. You are not a woman at all. I say, hey, hey, hey. That's hate speech. It's hate speech. How can you say I'm not a woman? Then I get a home morning. Kai, come for Bible study in high heels. <laughs> and they say they want to be a leader. What do they call it now? In, what do they call that? Leader in, um, prog- they, are, they, are, they are progressives and they are, they are, they are, they are giving a leader in equity. In inclusion, in medicine, eh? inclusion is a disease. 
Once we say cells have inclusion bodies, it means something is wrong. It says inclusion. That is, don't put to death the deeds of the body. Amplify it. So evil spirits will come and say, shh, shh, you are transgender. Oh, deeds of the body. Now let me say this for those who don't understand. One of the arguments they have, hmm? I think it's Spock, that, guy, that guy's name. I'll still remember his name. I keep on forgetting. No, Kinsin. No, Kinsey, Kinsey. Kinsey, yeah, Kinsey. Kinsey, that's the name of the man. The biologist who did the research that lied to the whole world. Anyway, but what he was saying is that adultery is okay. Why? Because he did a survey that showed that a lot of people do it. What makes it okay? That's it. That's, that's all he said. He said homosexuality is normal. Why? Because he did a survey and found that a lot of people were doing it and hiding. So by the time he finished, they called it salvation by survey. He now taught everybody that these things are being done already, so it must be normal. Like I say, but the same country will still put people in prison for stealing. Why don't you just acknowledge that many people are doing it, so stealing must be normal? You see people in jail for killing somebody. Why don't you just say, look, killing infants is normal. Many people are doing it. So if you don't like your child again, shoot him in the head. Come on, what's the big deal? You want freedom. And one girl did it. Two, two of her children, if one year old and a three-year-old, put them in the car, push the car into the lake. I watched it live when it happened, when they found, caught her that time. I saw it when they were still saying that uh, the, the children were missing. Then when they found out, she lied. That she actually was the one that killed the two children. Why did she kill them? She had a boyfriend who did not like coming to the house because, you know, I think she was married before and divorced or got the children one way or the other. But she had a boyfriend who was coming to the house now. But the boy didn't like coming because of the kids. So he didn't come to see me. You know, your children are always there. So what's her solution? Put the children in the car and kill them. Now, this is a country where you are allowed to legally abandon the children. I hope you know. In many of those countries, you are allowed to legally abandon your children. <laughs> Some people are surrounded by some things. This one is upside down. You don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, just by the way. What they just want is to put them in the place where we can find them. So you can go to the mall. And just leave them there. Then it won't be a crime. But you can't put them in the forest. So you take them to the mall or go to the police station, drop them there and run away. Police will find you, but they will not charge you. In many of these countries, that's what they do. You bring them or take them to school and don't come back. As far as they are concerned, the children are safe. And that well, the reason is because over time, they found that these mothers will kill these children. So <laughs> just bring them for us. Now, in that kind of setting, this girl decided to kill the children. She didn't like it. Why did you not say? Because people do it. It's normal. Kinsey said to them, men commit adultery. Adultery is normal. Women commit adultery is normal. I hope you're getting my point. Now, listen to this. Sorry, nonsense grace people also said, no matter the one you do, grace covers it. And I come by the Spirit of God this morning to tell you, don't believe it. If you do, you will be destroyed. Because you are believing a lie. They are called the deeds of the flesh. They are called the deeds of the body. Why, that's what I feel like doing, so I kill the children. What am I going to emphasize? So the fact that you feel like it is not what people like us are preaching against this sexual perversion that's in the world today. You feel attraction to another man, and you're a man, just means it's the deed of the flesh. You kill it. You feel attracted to ten women at a go. Is the deed of the flesh, you kill it. 
The fact that you are born like that does not make it legal spiritually. Because if you are absolutely blind, I wouldn't allow you to fly my plane. And that's not discrimination. I'm not discriminating. There are people that are born with a hole in the heart. We fix it. Because we realize it's not good for them. So even if you are born with a gay spirit, which does not exist, it does not exist. As at now, they've, you know, if you know science, we can twist anything to say anything. Yet till now, they've not been able to find a gene to say somebody was born like that. Nobody is born like that. And even if you were, when Jesus found the man born blind, he made clay with spittle and fixed the eyes. Will fix your sexual attraction. That is the job of the preaching of the word. It puts to death the deeds of the body, the deeds of the flesh. We do not excuse it because of grace. Please, those who are preaching that nonsense grace, stop it, otherwise God will stop you. Sometimes when I see those who preach those things, I say, look, do you read the Bible? Obviously you don't. Because how do you jump over these things? Again, that's a digression. Back to the main message. He said, if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who have been led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out. Please, I'll hurry now because where I'm going is far down. Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, that is putting to death these deeds, may be painful. He said, but these sufferings, they are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, please follow this. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of the body. I will explain what this means. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. I'm going to stop reading here, this verse 25. But please, I need to quickly flip over and read something from the Amplified Bible. A particular verse. Please, it will help me to make my life um, easy in explaining that point. Verse 20. It says, For the creation, nature, was subjected to frailty, to futility, condemned to frustration, not because of some intention fault on his part, but by the will of him who so subjected it, yet with the hope that nature or creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. 
Now, what are we teaching today? Everything we set up till now is not today's teaching. No, there's one thing I do. I just talk, 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 then I'm not going to do the teaching for the day. Usually, the teaching for the day It's in the last, uh, yes, the last part of the message, you know. Uh, so, this is the teaching for today. And so, to be a continuation from last time. Death, I'll refer to many scriptures, okay? If you read the book of Romans, that's actually what Paul was focusing on, on the, the fact that the whole of creation was subjected to death. How did it happen? We know Adam sinned. So he said in Romans chapter 5, we saw that by one man, what happened? Sin entered, and what happened as a result of sin? Death. And we have seen how death works. We have seen the initial separation, the separation of the man from the presence of God. That's the death in the spirit. And then we have seen how it affects the way we reason. We just talked now about the monkeyness of, the, of, of a particular race of human beings. That's death. When you don't know how to preserve things that God blesses you with, that's death. When people will set up a company for you, but you go there, work there so as to kill it. Now, just by the way, you, they can't help it. It's a spiritual force that's working. It's death in the realm of the soul. Then eventually it manifests in the death physically. The company dies. Marriages die. Um, bodies die. Sickness sets in and all of that. Okay? Now that's what death is. We've established that. Now what I want to emphasize here. Is that it's about the groaning. It's about the groaning. It's about the groaning of creation. You know, there's something I, I teach a lot of times. I'm the only person that I know that teaches it. Even though I'm not dogmatic about that, it must be like that, but you can get my point. And those who like to criticize and they don't listen, they can easily take it and say, Pastor Banky said there's no hellfire. I never said so. What I said, and I say it again, is that I'm not convinced the fire is the one you use to cook. It's not literal. And I said that what is real there is torment. And that's what I'm getting back to. That what is real there is torment. That when God uses the word fire, I believe that he's trying to convey to us something that does not exist in this realm. And if you want to convey to us something that does not exist in this realm, you have to use something we recognize to explain it. That's what I've said. And I'm saying now, I'm saying this one again. I believe that place is worse than fire. That fire actually will be comforting. Yes. That's what I think. See, can I again say something? That after he had been sick for a long time and paralyzed from, he wasn't on the bed, he didn't move around, had no feeling, I think, from his stomach, his um, other stomach area downwards. He had no feeling. So when he prayed and he got healed, you know, the spirit led him and he came down from his bed by himself, rolled himself off, and he hit the floor, but holding the bed. And when his legs hit the floor, then suddenly sensation came to him. He said it was, the sensation that he felt was pain. It was intense pain. That was as if he was being pricked with a thousand needles at the same time. He said, now I want to use him as an illustration. He said, when you have not felt anything for months, even pain is pleasure. That's where I was going. He said, when you have felt nothing, that the sensation of pain was comforting. He said he had felt nothing for so long that when he felt pain, he was happy. At least the nerves are working. Do you get what I'm going to say here? That's why I said what I said. That I believe that <laughs> hell is worse than fire. It's worse. That if somebody in hell say, jump out into this volcano, the person will jump into the volcano. <laughs> what is that place again? Let me say it again. Is that separation from God? That makes Jesus panic. 
my father, my father. That's what I'm talking about. Why have thou forsaken me? Why am I saying it? Because I'm telling you, when creation experienced the withdrawal of that, it began to groan. Creation began to groan. I can assure you of one thing. The lion does not like the idea that it has to chase down an antelope to eat. He doesn't like the idea. I can just imagine you tell the antelope, bro, that's the only way it has to be. Mom will survive. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. I'm just trying to imagine it. When we're talking about creation groaning, that's what we're talking about. You know, the earth groans. The earth groans. It shifts. Occasionally, it snaps. You call it an earthquake. It's actually the groaning of the earth. The earth groans. It's under intense pressure. Occasionally, a volcanic eruption will, will happen. Pressure has been built on that for a long time. Boom! It bursts open. It's groaning. Something recently made me read about the earth. I said, ah. I found out that, you know, the earth is actually expanding. I didn't know that before. The continental place, the earth crust, slips apart by, at the same rate as your nail is growing. You didn't know that before. You've learned something today. You know, I teach you even geography. I've taught you physics. <laughs> I found out. So a lot of things going on. The whole of creation is groaning. Animals are groaning. Now, most importantly, human beings are groaning. You know, death is very painful. If a loved one dies, it hurts. I don't know whether you have felt it. It's a special manifestation of the spirit to be killed. With all the scriptures you have read, there's no groan, there's no mourn like those who don't believe. Why God had to preach that one is that the mourning is grievous. He had to give us comfort. He said, don't mourn like those who don't believe. Why did you take the person now? Okay, 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 Lord. We're not more like those who don't believe. But made the person the visit small, small. I hope you're getting my point. Say, okay, he has died. Okay, she has died. No problem. But she, he will come home December. If, you know, even if it's for one minute, that's how painful death is. It's really painful. Though. It's really painful. And listen, human beings don't like it. And they fight it every day. Oh, we fight it till the end. Yeah. Sometimes if you see the cost of extending somebody's life by one month, <laughs> Oh, I discuss sometimes, you talk to specialists. Okay, we should do this, you give radiation for this, you do this, and in my mind. So what is the benefit? <laughs> Nobody will be able to answer. But I know this one. They are going to ruin the whole family. They will sell their land. Oh, everybody, both favors they have, exhaust the favors they have with friends and family. And what do you give this person? Two months. It's called groaning. We are fighting death. We don't like it. We'll fight it to the end. We'll do everything. I, you know, I've told you before. The most expensive drugs don't work. <laughs> what do I mean by that? The drugs we use to extend this life for two months, it will cure malaria for 10,000 years. I, I don't know whether you're getting my point. You just need to extend life for two months. But that same cost, if you were using to give anti-malaria, to give 10,000 years of life. But the emphasis is that what? We are groaning. We are groaning. So from the beginning, people knew they lost something and they were looking for it. That's what I'm going to emphasize. God was no longer there. And they had to find him. Now let me say this again. Please, 
One way to preach to people who are thoroughly lost is just tell them that what they are looking for is God. Because, you know, a lot of places where they don't know God now, I feel sorry for them. Like, all this one, I'm transgender. Eh? It's God they are looking for. All this one, I'm bisexual. It's God they are looking for. All this one, that want to go and climb Kilimanjaro. They are hoping to find God on the mountain. Many people are climbing. You think they are not adventurers. They are God seekers in the wrong place. When you see the way people die needlessly on Mount Everest. Now, for information, I will not climb Mount Everest. In case you did not know, this guy is not planning to climb Mount Everest. National Geographic, please go and video it for me. I have a big television. I will watch it there. But me? Leave Africa to go and climb Mount, Mount, one mountain in the Himalayas. And climbing nothing. Hey, for information, I'm not even going to do uh, skydiving. How much more climb? <laughs> so let's uh, uh, listen. When I see some things people would do sometimes, I'll be looking like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, please, excuse me. What exactly are you looking for? Say, so, you know, you have an adve- maybe you don't have an adventurous spirit. I confess, I don't have. You know, when you have eaten it, you get some kind things where you just do. <laughs> too, too, too much food gets your own issue, yes. Have you ever seen a hungry man dive into the bottom of this? That's <laughs> why you don't find Africa in some of those things. You don't have them. But if you tell us there's gold, there, we will dive. <laughs> but just to go and dive and go and look at the, the ruins of the, of the Titanic. Now give me a ship that is floating. What is on going looking for ruin of the Titanic? Can it carry crude? If you can't carry crude, that is good. Now please, what I'm going to emphasize, okay, is the fact that many people who are doing look, some people think it's not just adventure. It's a deep search in their heart. Yes, that's the truth. Go and read Ecclesiastes and listen to the series of teachings we did on Ecclesiastes. I explained it there. People are searching for God. Anywhere they think they might find. They, sometimes they don't know it's God they are looking for. So people, and that's why they risk their lives. You know, why is some risk some people take? They're not filming. They're not doing anything. They, just, they will just go. They will climb and climb for days. They have millions and millions of dollars. What is their life dream? To reach Mount Everest. There's no problem. They reach Mount Everest and they're only 45. Then they come down and they read what, they now say what Solomon has said. Which is what? Vanity. There was nothing there. There was nothing there. Then they would look for another one. Is to dive three kilometers below the surface of the ocean. One day they will finish. There's nothing. You go under the ocean, empty. All you do is strange fish, which is lives in darkness. After you come out again. Now I'm not talking about those who their job is to film for us to watch on TV, or real researchers. I'm talking about adventurers. A lot of them, there's not what they are looking, they're just looking for something, and I'm telling you what they are looking for is God. A lot of people looking who are hooked on drugs, they are looking for God. It's called groaning. One of the reasons why we don't understand is because we have not been cursed with that search. You see what I said? You are young, you've been going to church. 
So you don't know what it means not to go to church. You actually don't know. And you will never know. And your children will never know. I'm telling you, they will never know. They just get up from the time they are two, they are kneeling at the foot of the bed. Even if they don't know what you are doing. There are small children that even speak in tongues, whether they are filled with the spirit or not. Say, so when that is spirit, I don't know what it is. Ah, I say, my son is filled. He's not filled with any spirit. He's just copying you. So we have not been cursed with that say, so we don't get it. The truth is that people are groaning every day. And you know why they are groaning? Because God literally has separated himself from them. And you see, once people disobey God, that's what happens. He separates himself from the people. He has to. Why? Is that holy? He's that holy. He can't touch anything that is unclean. The unclean cannot come into his presence. And once, remember, the deeds of the flesh, which is independence, we've established that, is eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it poisons the atmosphere. Let me talk about that again. It does not only poison Adam, it poisons the earth on which Adam walks. It poisons the sun that shines over Adam. It poisons the moon that reflects the sun to Adam at night. It poisons the water that irrigates Adam's garden. It poisons the sky that's over his head. And they all start groaning. They all start groaning. All of them. Manifest. Sometimes they just get tired. Rain says, we are not falling again. (laughs) Leave it. We fell and fell and fell. That's rain. Yet there's no freedom. Sometimes the oceans will surge. We have been calm for so long, there's no freedom. So they surge, the oceans, and kill thousands. You call it a tsunami. I'm saying today, it's groaning. God has separated himself. Second point. The God that separated himself because of his holiness also is reaching out to man because of his love. I hope you're getting it. He separated himself because of what? Holiness. But now he has to reach out because of what? Love. And that's one point I want us to emphasize today. Man knows he needs God, but he can't approach. And let me say something again. You can never approach God through your own method. It's not possible. You can never get to him through your own method. The only way to get to God is when he comes down. By himself. That is why there is nothing like Christ Jesus. Every that is man trying. When God took on flesh and came by himself. See, God doesn't have to curse people. They are cursed already. Once you reject Jesus Christ, you go back to your damnation. You can never. It's not possible. It's not possible. There's no way to God that you can find. It's utter darkness. It's like you put out the sun, there's no moon, and there's no headlamp. And you say, I should drive to Port Harcourt. No moon, no sun, no light. Doesn't matter how good the road is, I won't get there. It doesn't matter how skilled I am as a driver, I can't get there. It doesn't matter how determined as I am as, a person, you know, as, a, as an adventurer, I can't get there. Listen, there's not up to one in a million, you know, chance, chance, one chance in a million 
of me getting there. When there's utter darkness. The only way I can get there is if somebody gives me light. I hope you're getting my point. See, when people are searching for God and God is not reaching out for them, they will never find him. I listened to some people, they said they are the natural way back to God. You will never find him. People have knelt down, meditating for years. You want to hear the truth? They will never find him. Please tell people, once they offer you Christ Jesus and you reject him, have the determination of Buddha with the discipline of an average Hindu and the selflessness, that is, lack of self-preservation of a suicide bomber. You will never find him. Meditate for a million years, you won't find him. Why? Why? You are meditating in darkness. You are pursuing in absolute darkness. The only way to find God is when he comes looking for you. That's all. I'm telling you the truth. So what you do is, you have to identify the season of his coming. That's all. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You may be seeking God, but you know what he said? I allowed myself to be found for those who are not even seeking, by those who are not even seeking. Because that's the way it goes. He's the one that really will pick you. He's the one that came to the earth. Jesus is not, he's not a religion. It's God manifested in flesh. It's God coming to say, now, I have forgiven the sin of Adam. This is another chance for people to fulfill the original destiny I created for mankind. That's what Jesus is. It is God coming down. There's one song we used to sing those days. Can you remember that song? You did not wait for me. Uh, no, 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 no. Look. This is where they were born yesterday. That is the problem now. That it, 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 you, did, you did not wait for me to cry out to you. But you let me hear your voice calling me. I'm forever grateful to you. I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful to you that you came to seek and save the lost. I forgot the first two lines now, all right? I just jumped from like the third line. That you didn't let me you know, that I just heard your voice calling me. You didn't wait for me to come looking for. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Please find this song if you can. And also, we just simply when we were in school. So it's not, um, I don't blame you for not knowing it. We were singing it before boys began to grow beer. The Lord is good. <laughs> now, what I'm trying to say is that, look, it's, he's the one that comes looking for people. If he doesn't reveal himself to you, you can't find him. The good thing about it is that he's doing that every day. Now, listen to this. He's doing it in even the heart of Islam. Yes. You know why? Because God is going around seeking people. That is the only way they can find him. If you ever find him, it's because he called you. If you ever find him, it's because he opened the door. 
That's the truth. The only thing you did was to respond when he called. That's the only thing you did. Now, please, I need to explain something. So as people will grown, as creation will grown, from the beginning, the first thing God did was that, all right, first, you have sinned. And let me say something. Sin, can I take a small digression? You are used to it. So I'm just, it's caught it. I'm just asking your, your permission. <laughs> For, forgiveness, as in don't worry about it, nothing will happen, is not possible. Forgiveness is only possible because somebody has paid. I don't know whether I get my point. Let's use this illustration again. You are going on the road. Somebody rides his car or his keke or his bicycle, hits your light and breaks the light. Oh, I forgot to mention. <laughs> your car is the 2022 E-Class. And they smash the rear lights. And you look at the... 19, the 1998 Corolla, the guy used to smash your 2022 E-Class. You want to sell the whole car, but how much will I even get from this motor to pay for this light? And the person, you know, is an African. What is he doing? It's on the ground. He has no insurance. What is insurance? We don't even know. Can you spell it? I don't think many of us can even spell it. He's there saying, sorry, sir, sorry, sir. After a while, you tell him, maybe you tell him to go. Sorry, I want to ask you a question. The sorry, sir, repair the light. After a week, okay, maybe the guy sees you again. Ah, okay, how now? He sees the car looking new. Those lights back to normal. You know what happened to the light? Actually, the glass, when they hear the man say sorry, they rearrange themselves, they fix themselves, the, 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 the dented rear end came out, resprayed itself with factory paint, and as you were just driving and singing along. Was that not what happened? Okay, let's say, say what really happened. You drove the car to the repair shop. They told you the price of these new lights that they have to import from Germany from only, for only you. Let's not discuss the price because now. <laughs> See, there are some cars if they bless you with, they say that this is not a blessing, it's a curse. Take, go. <laughs> I'm telling you now. You don't want it. So, God, I will get it with. You paying for five year warranty on it. Anything breaks, we are coming to your house. Yeah, because by now you break the light. I have to work for two years. Is that a blessing? I mean, let me just be riding my alukuku, be going. You know what they call alukuku? <laughs> now you went there, you paid the money. Do you get my point? You had them replace because you like the car so much. You don't want to, you, they gave you a new bumper. They sprayed it with, you know, the factory paint everything. The car comes out, the car comes out looking like a brand new one again. Oh boy, good money has gone down. That is what they call forgiveness. What did I call it? Forgiveness. No, what did I call that? Forgiveness. Now let's see, was it free? No. Forgiveness is never free. Somebody pays. You damage something, they say you can go. It's because they are choosing to pay. I hope you are getting my point. There is no sin you or I have committed. There's no, no sin that we have committed in this life hmm, that he didn't have to pay for. Sin is not forgiven for nothing. Somebody pays. That is why when you wake up in the morning, please thank the Lord. Yeah, because and you say the wages of sin is what? Yes. So you are still alive. You are not being punished. You must give thanks. Because there is no sin that is not paid for. When you get on your knees and say, I'm sorry, and they say, you can go. It is not because 
there's no effect. Do you know we sin on this earth, it affects whether the sun will shine too brightly or become too cool. I'm not joking about that. I mean that literally. The iniquity of man, you see, you know, you know the asteroids? Which one is asteroid? Which one is meteorite? Huh? Okay, okay. Asteroids, they said asteroids are the big ones. Some of them are almost as big as a planet. That's why we downgraded Pluto and stuff like that. Okay, good. Now, if an asteroid, all right, a little small one, smashes into Jupiter. Now, Jupiter, for those who know, is, is the biggest of the planets we have in our solar system, right? And you know how the function it performs? What is the main function? It's a shield for the Earth. It attracts all those terrestrial bodies. Instead of them hitting the Earth, they hit Jupiter. Do you know, a number of times, some of them hit the Earth, all right? But when they hit the Earth, they break up in the atmosphere and burn. But a lot of times, their particles get to the Earth, so their rocks can be found. They find their rocks on the Earth all the time. Do you know, each one that hits Jupiter, each one that hits the Earth, is not a game of chance. That's where I'm going. Sometimes, you know, scientists are, right now, astronomers, they watch out all the time, trying to map whether anyone is likely to collide with the Earth. And countries are also already devising methods to intercept them. But there have been movies done about it. All right? They design you know, methods to intercept because if a very big one hits the earth, it will wipe out civilization on the earth. So they are checking how do we ensure it doesn't happen. Now, this is where I'm going. Do you know whether it will happen or not is decided by whether you and I commit sin or we don't. The direction of those asteroids is not by chance. These are the things that human iniquity controls. Small fragment hit somewhere in Siberia, wiped out the whole forest. Is it eh? Now, I want you to understand something. What if that same one had hit Moscow? Just nearby? No, please, are you following me? Am I confusing you? A small rock hmm, hit a portion of Russia. Siberian, and wiped out a huge chunk of forest. It fell from the sky. What stops it from falling into a city? Now, it's too small to be detected ahead of time. Nothing anybody can do about that one. It's not big enough. But it's moving so fast, when it hit the earth, it took a huge chunk of the forest, burnt everything up. I'm asking, why can't such fall in Lagos? Why can't it hit Kano? Why can't he hit London? When I'm saying sin affects celestial bodies, it's not a joke. There's a way we will do iniquity. God will look. And one angel will just redirect one. Hit a city that has five million people, wipe out half of the population. All that will happen at CNN will say, uh, no, now CNN go talk. They, you can't arrest God. We have news reports for a very long time. They all of us now start buying shields against raining asteroids. Please, I hope somebody is following me this morning. I'm trying to emphasize to us that, listen, our sin is not just, okay, don't worry about it. When we sin, activate asteroids in our direction. Somebody has to deflect them. I don't mean a human being. 
I mean, so when God tells you, you are forgiven, you know what it means? He has paid. He writes the check. He redirects machinery. And said so that Astral that was heading towards their village to wipe out the Igwe, the Lolo, and everybody around there, and all the farmland because of their sin. Now they have said sorry. They have offered the right sacrifice, so we have accepted the sacrifice. But don't ever forget, once judgment has been activated, mercy has to be activated. Now, please get me. The judgment cannot be stopped arbitrarily. What God does is to now activate mercy. So as judgment is coming, he now says, what do we do? Mercy will now go ahead, stand in front of the judgment, and take it. That's what you saw on the cross. God cannot turn the asteroid back and say, okay, go. The asteroid says, where will I go? So you know what happened? Somebody goes and takes the heat. Boom! You've seen Superman. You throw a bomb, Superman catches it, swallows it. Boom! It goes off in his stomach. Then he belches smoke. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. Jesus took so much of it that by the time he hung on the cross, they couldn't recognize him as human. See, those pictures you see, it's not real. The Bible said the visage was so mad. People looked and said, what is that? Not who is that? Everywhere that was supposed to be judged, that was not judged. Every disease that was supposed to be sent to man, that was not sent, because it was just, to not just somebody else angry and said, no. Just recompense that did not, look, I read the story of David. Hmm? And I told myself, David, when that we're in the same church, you can't be my friend. Go and read your Bible. You know what I'm saying. Many of the things that David did, God just like, this boy won't kill somebody. David was a notorious criminal. No, please, I'm sorry. Go and read your Bible. He, can, he was a bandit. I'm not joking. No. David will go to a village, kill everybody so that nobody can report because he wants to take their cow. Yes, so you're angry with full and his men now. David was a full and his boy. That Philistine king said, where do you go to raid today? David will have killed everybody so nobody can tell. And they were in their villages farming. That was why God said, build temple for who? <laughs> no, go and read your Bible. See, is that wanted to build temple? God said, and who will be worshipped there? You build temple. Hey, hey, wait. I took all this money. Don't think so. He said, no, 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 no. You can't build. What was the reason he gave? Your hands are full of blood. I can tell you something there. Eh? A lot of things David did were unlawful. I, I'm telling you that one. You know, this guy was going to kill Nabal for insulting him. Very unlawful. Abigail was a person that saved Nabal's life. I don't have time to talk in more detail about David now. Why God just had mercy on him and all of that. But I want to talk about what mercy is. God took a lot of beating for David. There are times he would do something. They say judgment is death. God will say, hi. That's Jesus speaking now. But he loves me. So the father says, so what will happen? Let me die in his place. That was why David survived. Read your Bible again. When he killed Uriah, that sin had no remedy. Normally, God does not accept sacrifices and offerings for that. Why did David not die? 
You want me to tell you the truth? Because he loved the Lord so much, Jesus said, let me die in his place. Jesus literally died in David's place. See, Jesus died for so many people, I don't even know how he survived it. You're talking about David. He died for you. You. Oh. There are people listening to me. Eh? Physically, literally, they were supposed to die maybe like last year, September. And they are coming here today and listening to the word of God. Do you, you want to know why? Jesus literally said, mm, another one. They are all my people. The father had to apply to him the death of each individual. That's not a joke, oh, please. Don't think I'm just making this up. I'm trying to preach nicely. It's literally what happened. I'm not emphasizing the fact that forgiveness is not free. It's not cheap. Somebody's pays. That is why. <laughs> Anyone that rejects the son, God is so angry, the anger is eternal. Because the sacrifice is so huge. Rejecting it is a huge insult. The sacrifice is so huge, rejecting it is a huge insult to the father and to the son. Like I said, it's a digression. Just bear that in mind. Anytime you say, I'm sorry, somebody paid you. When you say, God, have mercy on me, it means, Jesus, can you pay for this one? Let, you know what it means? That have mercy on me, say, Lord. We're good. I didn't know that man was going to come out like that. And I, I, I mistakenly jammed his car and the car caught fire. How much is the car? It's a new model Bentley. How much is it? Say $250,000. So Jesus says, you can go. That's what you do each time you commit sin. And you come and kneel down and say, I am sorry. He literally has to pay. Forgiveness is that somebody paid. And the name of that person is who? Christ Jesus. Don't ever forget it. Please don't ever forget it. Let me end this message here. And what I'm going to say is this. So people needed God. In their hearts, sometimes, like I said, they don't know what they need. They are searching up and down. All right? That cry in their spirit is what I'm talking about, the groaning. People keep groaning. They keep groaning. They keep groaning. What the Lord now does is that, all right, I am going to reach out for people. He opened a door for them, and the only door that they could identify each moment was a sacrifice. So you go through the Old Testament, it's always a sacrifice. You don't meet God without what? A sacrifice. You don't meet him without a sacrifice. You're coming, you come with a sacrifice. You want to call upon the name of the Lord, you brought forth a sacrifice. And he had what he called clean animals and unclean animals. You had to bring a clean animal. Now, now, what is the principle behind a clean animal? Of course, if you go and read, you know, he explained to them, I think Leviticus, what clean animals are. Um, as an example, if you're dealing with um, things like um, goats and co, they had to chew the cord and they had to have cleaved hooves. So if you choose a cord, does not have cleaved hooves, it's not uh, clean. So a pig is not clean because even though the, he has cleaved hooves, it doesn't chew the cord. You understand? Uh-huh. So um, goats are clean. Cow, you know, bull, horses are not acceptable. Even though I think they chew the cord, but they don't have cleaved. Do they, does animal, do horses have? No, they don't have. So different things like that, all right? So it distinguished between clean and unclean. Then when they got to the New Testament, after the death of Jesus Christ, through a revelation to Peter, all right, he ended that distinction. The reason was because the clean animals were a type of Christ Jesus. Do you get my point? Yeah, they were a type of Christ Jesus. He just for his reasons, created them like that. 
So if you are clean, you're a type of Christ Jesus. If you're unclean, you're a type of the world. So when Jesus came, that distinction was no longer necessary because the type had been accomplished. Do you get my point? So that focus was no longer there. But before, the focus was there. Because each time you offer the sacrifice, what you were doing is a faith matter. It's faith. It's faith. You were walking by faith, saying that Jesus is paying for my sins, even though you had never met him. Do you get my point? Yes. Now, the problem, a man like Cain came. Now, Cain's offering was rejected a number of reasons. One was his stubbornness, but the manifestation was that he did not come with Jesus taking his sins. A fallen man wanted to approach God on his own terms. You don't approach God on your own terms. You can't, you know, I've established it. You can't reach out for him. You can't find him. Any other way is a wrong way. It's only the way he's coming through. And since he said he's coming through Jesus, which he, talk, I mean, he prophesied about it, the seed of the woman he called him. I hope you're getting my point. It was the seed of the woman he called him. Now, when Cain came with the first fruits of the field, that was not faith in the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, listen carefully. He was coming on the basis of his own works. And God said, lie, lie. Did you hear what I said? The problem with Cain was that he said that I will come on the basis of my own works. And God said, it doesn't work like that. The only way to approach me, the only way to approach me is to come how? On the basis of the work of Christ on the cross. But Jesus hasn't come yet. So each person comes with a sign. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. So when you are coming, you come with a lamb physically. You come with a bull physically. You come with a turtle dove. Something that will show that you believe. And because, you see, listen, it's by faith. He said, how why would, were they supposed to know? Who can tell me how they were supposed to know? Somebody was supposed to tell them. And God told Adam. And Adam told his sons. You cannot offer a sacrifice but by faith. How would they have known they were told. God told them, this is the way you will approach. And Cain said, no, I am going to approach my way. I want a blessing. I'm going to give seed. You will multiply it. God said, what is wrong with you? Are you high on something? I said, Jesus has paid. He said, no, my money will pay. Many Christians till today are giving the offerings of Cain. See that naira in your pocket. It's a Cain offering. See, Pastor Bank, are you saying you shouldn't give offerings? No. You know the truth? Yes. I forgot to say that. What we are doing, we are contributing money for the work of God. It's not an offering. I don't know whether I get my point. The cash is not an offering. It is not. The offering is Jesus Christ. The offering is Jesus Christ. Every other thing we do is a sign that we believe in Jesus. For example, now you hear what I said now. Africans, we need Christ, don't we? So if you say, okay, we are going to preach in Africa. And I have money. The preachers need to go with transportation. And I don't give them money. It's one of two things. Either I don't love the Africans I was preaching about, or I don't believe that Jesus is a a sacrifice that they need. So my offering is what? A sign of my faith. But it's not something I go to give God. I want to pay. Have you heard that nonsense before? You will give an offering for the sin of three generations. You get one uncle, this guy. This guy, you get one uncle for this city. No, he come this city from their village. It, it, it's coming next month. 
I hope he has repented. The man came and said, this morning you are going to give, no, this evening, you are going to give an offering for the sin of three generations. So some people went to their homes, brought their big television for my generation. Went back home, brought their washing machine for my father's generation. Then went back home, brought their beds and mattresses for my grandfather's generation. You want to hear the truth? It is a lie. That doctrine is false. I will say it boldly. It's just a money-making preaching message. It's not the truth. The offering for every generation is Jesus Christ. What did he say? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of all generations. Didn't you read your Bible? No, please now. Did you read your Bible? They don't sound convinced. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of all generations. Understand what he said? The whole world. Your cash offering is not the sacrifice for any generation. Please, I need to explain it to people. That is the offering of Cain. That is the offering of Cain. You know the truth? Once you have committed sin, there's no work you want to do that can pay for it. What the Bible says you do what? Bear fruit in what? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That is, show me you have changed. You can't pay. There's a difference. You can't pay. What you can do is say, I won't do it again. But the one you have done, you cannot pay. Back to our E-class, 2022 model. Remember that E-class? That one man drove and jammed. And we let him go. Assuming that I'm the chief security officer for the city. And it's my car, you jammed. There's no problem. And I, start, and I have eyes everywhere. You know what I start watching out for? How you drive now. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Next day, if you jam ordinary bicycle, you are going to jail. Why? Yesterday, you jammed an expensive car. We let you go. You should have learned that your reckless driving should come to an end. Do you get what I'm going to say? So maybe, that, maybe you are driving, you're on the phone, and you're smoking. Then you hit that car, we let you go. Next day, if you hit ordinary street lamp, then I say, what was he doing? He said he was on the phone, and he was smoking. I will take you and put you in prison. I say, you are going to stay here until you pay for that other car. Do you know why? You haven't repented. That is what repentance is. You cannot pay for sins. Don't even try. The only thing you can do is repent. Repentance is a sign of faith. It shows that you appreciate what was done for you. And you don't want him to do it again. You know the story I told? Illustration. Assuming I have a friend. He's been smoking and smoking and smoking. Then one day he gets lung cancer. And there's a particular treatment that you will find if you go to the back of Poland. That treatment is very expensive. It requires me to sell my car, sell my house, sell my children's school fees. Can you sell children's school fees? <laughs> you got my point. So for t- two years, all my children will stay at home. I won't have a car again. We have to move from the house we are living in into a small rented apartment because I gave you all my money. And not only that, we have another friend that loves you like that. He did the same thing. All of us, contribute, and two people went into debt because of you. They're going to pay small by small for the next five years. You go to the back of Poland, they give you the treatment, and you come back home, you are 100% cured. Everything checked, nothing wrong with you. Are we not going to rejoice? Why would we rejoice? Our sacrifice was worth it. True of us? 
How, how did the guy get the wrong cancer? Smoking, good. So next day, I'm coming out of the mall. And I see the guy under a tree with, his, with some other guys. Smoking, say, my guy, when I was in Poland, fire God. When I was in Poland, then he's smoking one stick after another. And I see him. What do you think I would do? Don't, don't bother guessing. I will tell you. I'm going to kill him myself. That is no, see, there's no need to wait for cancer to come back. I am going, and I'm going, not going to use a gun. I'm going to bludgeon him to death. No need to bludgeon somebody to death. I'm going to go and borrow, no, four by four wood. Hit him on the head, he will collapse. Then I will hit him in the chest until his lungs open. Then I will put the wood and pound the lungs. Say, so, Pastor Bank, you are very wicked. If it's you, come. Did you not see what we went through to kill him the first time? My children are not even back to school yet. Because I sold their school fees. Any Christian still walking in sin, that is what Jesus will do to you. Yeah, because you don't appreciate what he did. I told you the asteroid is coming. He stood in front of it and took the full impact. So now you want Jupiter to come and he will still be there taking impact. You are not serious. That is what repentance does. It shows you have faith in what he did. But I want you to understand something. Eh? You can't pay for sin. It is not possible. The solution is who? Is Christ. Forgiveness is not free. Forgiveness is very, very expensive. But Jesus has paid. And you know what he said? I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by me. No matter the search, you can do all the good works. Pray how many times a day you like it. You can meditate all you like. You can't come to the Father unless you come through Jesus Christ. The Father is permanently alienated from man. He has withdrawn himself from man permanently. The only way to come to him is because he came to us. And that's why Jesus said what he said. When he sent his only begotten son, he said, no one can come to the Father except by me. Except through me. And that is the message we are preaching. And that is what we have believed. The solution to that sin of Adam has a name. And what is that name? I think you rise to your feet and give thanks for Jesus Christ. Yeah, you should. Give thanks. Give thanks for Jesus. Give thanks. You need to thank. Just thank him. Say, Jesus, thank you. Just think about the bullets that he's taking for you. That he took. Thank him. Give thanks this morning. Give thanks this morning. Give thanks this morning. If really you have believed, if really you have, you have been forgiven, I think you should be so grateful. You should be grateful. You should be grateful. You should be grateful. He has delivered you from that death in the spirit. He has delivered you from that death in the soul. And he's delivering you even though he has done it. Now we are walking out the death in the body. Yes. That same spirit that raised him from the dead. Is in you and giving life to your mortal body.